This is a remote dating podcast where we share outlandish dating stories from people struggling with the new dating landscape. In season two, Be My Carry-On Baggage, we look at how the coronavirus pandemic is going to impact the future of dating. We'll get insights from digital nomads who have been navigating dating under extreme circumstances for years, as well as stories from people who have been locked down in love. Today, we're going to be covering one of the most fun dating topics, breakups. But not just your standard breakup, we'll be covering nomadic breakups and pandemic breakups, as if heartbreak isn't awful enough, add travel stress, isolation, and in the case of our main guest, a thousand dollars and a flight halfway across the world into the mix. This is season two, episode two, Fear and Loathing in the Pandemic Dating Scene. I'm Ellie. And I'm Kayla. We're your hosts for Dating Abroad, a podcast about unconventional dating stories. In this episode, we'll be chatting to Jessica, an expat teacher and writer who spent $1,000 to fly home during the pandemic to reunite with her boyfriend. He dumped her two hours into their reunion. Then we'll talk to digital nomad Robin about the pitfalls of travel romances. But first, it's time for a video call named Desire. In this segment, we give you a little update on our dating escapades over the past week. (laughs) I'm afraid I haven't got a lot to update you on again. I'm really letting the side down here. Mm -hmm. But I do have one small update. Mm -hmm. Uh, So last time I mentioned how it was so nice not to be swiping anymore but that there are a lot of cute boys around in the town where I'm currently based. So I have found a solution. Mm-hmm. I don't have to swipe and I can potentially meet some, some of them. So I've outsourced my Tinder to my housemate. <laughs> like I literally don't have to think about it at all. She took some like really nice photos of me on our balcony. She wrote me a profile she is swiping for me. She is chatting to people <laughs> as me. Um, and hopefully I'll get some dates out of it. Like, I really think this is the way forward. Does she have any updates so far or like any interesting matches? Uh, she hasn't got very far yet. So far, all I've heard is that she started a couple of conversations with Latin guys, <laughs> which, which, I'm, which I'm fine with. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I also have very little to update on. I have also been off the apps and just like can't even imagine going back at this point, though I'm sure I will eventually, especially if the pandemic germs on. And on the theme of this breakup episode, the guy that I had mentioned last time we had been on two dates, uh, that did not go any further, did not work out. Was it like a, a slow fade or a ghosting? No, it, wasn't, or... it wasn't a slow fade. He told me, I don't really want to give too many details just because he was like, it's not you, it's me. But then like gave some very personal reasons that I, <laughs> even though he's anonymous, don't really want to share. But like it seemed legit enough. But I mean, also I'm sure if he was like super keen, it wouldn't have stopped him. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, true. Yeah. So, so it's all going well at the moment then, yeah, <laughs> for both of us. Wonderful. Yeah, love pandemic dating. Yeah, super exciting, lots happening. So I guess now that that depressing update is uh, over, 
It is time for our main discussion, Gone with the Wi-Fi. Hey, Jessica. It's so nice to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> no worries. So let's let's get straight into it then. And I'm going to ask you a bit about, about the backstory. So what were you doing when the pandemic started? Um, and where was your boyfriend at the time? And then tell us a little bit about how long distance was for the for the first few months of lockdown? So I was in, um, I had this little apartment in the center of Madrid. It was like a tiny little room and I was living with a family who didn't speak any English and like my Spanish at the time was pretty bad. So that's where I was. My boyfriend was, he was in Madrid, but a little bit south, like outside the center, maybe like a 30 minute drive. So, you know, we were still in the same country. And then once the lockdown started, my dad really wanted me to go home because like Trump had just announced, even though I was a a resident and I could have returned, like my dad was just kind of worried about me being abroad during the pandemic underneath his, like underneath the Trump presidency. And so he's like, please come home. So I'm like, okay. So I decided to go home. So me and my boyfriend, we decided that we wanted to do long distance. And I thought I was only going to be gone for a month. And I ended up being gone for three months. The lockdown in Madrid was super intense. It was like second to Italy. Like they could only leave their house if they needed to go to the doctor, if they needed groceries. So my boyfriend was here in Madrid during that. I was in California where like you could go exercise if you wanted. I could like go to a brewery and pick up beer and take it home. Like, so it was, it was very different. When the first month, Everything was good. Me and him talked every day. Like I would wake up and we would text until he went to sleep. Obviously, like there's like a eight or nine hour difference. And we would video chat once a week and everything seemed good. I mean, the stress of the pandemic was, I think, getting to us, but we weren't talking about it. And so maybe two and a half months in, like we got into a really huge argument. And I think that was kind of what like kind of tore us apart. But I mean, we were still talking up until literally like the time that I returned to Spain. How long had you been dating before the pandemic? Um, four months. Four months. Okay. And what was it like being in, in an intercultural relationship and how did that add to the, the tension? So when I think of intercultural, I always think of like values and um, kind of cultural differences with him. There wasn't very many cultural differences He kind of reminded me of dating guys from back home in LA, but I think the big thing that kind of like was a big point of tension in the relationship was Spanish guys are very, Spanish people in general, at least maybe in Madrid more so than Barcelona, they are, they live in their, with their families for a long time. They have like the same friend groups for a long time. They're very comfortable um, just kind of being with what they know. And so I remember my ex would always tell me, you're so brave that you can travel. Like I could never do that. I could never do a solo trip. And so I feel like me being like a traveler and an expat and him knowing that I wasn't going to be in Spain forever. Cause I would kind of talk about future plans I, that like drove a wedge in the relationship. And that only kind of like we grew apart more so when I was away back home. 
Yeah. Like we actually, before I even went back home, we had this big discussion mm-hmm. about, cause I was like, so are we like a couple? Like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And he said like, yeah, like we're a couple, but I don't know if I could see a long term with you because like you, I don't want to leave Spain. I'm not going to leave if you leave, even though I wasn't asking him to do that, but like already that was kind of in his head, like, you know, that I wasn't going to be here forever, but it was such a new relationship that I feel like that was just, it was way too early to even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of was like, well, we'll see how it goes. Like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Can you uh, yeah. tell us about the fight you had or no pressure if you don't want to? Oh yeah. So uh, my mental health was like total crap mm-hmm. in, um, during the pandemic. Like I think everyone kind of was dealing with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and I have, um, some anxiety related to like relationships like um I think I have like a fear of abandonment and like sometimes that'll just manifest as anxiety and I could just like tell something was off during the long distance like he just seemed different and I wanted to like pick a fight about it uh because I wanted to find out what was up and so he told me basically that he was starting to feel differently about me and he didn't feel the same and he'd have to see like what happens when I came back and I just I did not handle it very well and I got pretty upset Mm -hmm. and you know I kind of just like lashed out and uh that really just kind of like put like it was a nail in the coffin for like the end the beginning of the end okay but even after that argument you did eventually decide to spend a thousand dollars to fly home and reunite with him yes tell (laughs) us what happens (laughs) okay so basically I had two options so I was in California it was nearing the end of the three months I had a return authorization, which means that I could um, return to Spain without an official residency card. And that was about to expire. But I had been told up until that point from lawyers that like, oh, it's fine. Like if it's expired, like the pandemic, like it'll be okay. Um, They'll be really lenient. But then like a week before it expired, I talked to one specific lawyer who said like, no, you need to go home. So I was like, okay, I could either go home before this thing expires, which is next week, or I could wait until Spain lets U.S. citizens back into the country, which realistically would have been maybe like another month or two. But I realistically, like I wanted to try and salvage things with my boyfriend. I knew that if it was another month, like we would have, it would not have lasted. So I, I decided to um buy a ticket for the following week. It was a thousand dollars. And it's like, it was a thousand sixty-four dollars and like something cents. And like, honestly, if I hadn't been with my boyfriend, like I would not have bought the ticket. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to save the relationship. I'm going to buy this ticket and get back to Spain. I love how romantic it is like running to the airport. <laughs> I know it would be like so romantic if we were still together. <laughs> right. So, so then what happened once, once you got back? So I had to quarantine for two weeks. So I knew like I wasn't going to see him for two weeks. So I'm like, okay, we were still talking every single day. Like I knew something was up though, but he kept saying like, I brought it up twice. I'm like, what's going on? And he would say, well, let's, we got to talk about it in person. So we were texting every day. Still, we would still video chat. Like things were like, I just thought it was the distance. I was like, you know, like things will get better once we, we hang out. So I waited two weeks Then I waited one more week because he was working from home that third week and he didn't want to take the train because like, you know, the pandemic was so bad in Madrid. I understood that he was a little iffy. Finally, we like picked a day to hang out. We were supposed to hang out all day, but he like postponed it to like 
later in the day. So I was just like, ugh, like I didn't have a good feeling about it. So we finally meet up. We go to a bar. We go to like our favorite bar that we always used to go to. We get a drink. We go to another bar, get a drink. And then I was like, oh, like, let's go back to my new apartment because I just got a new apartment. I'm like, you could meet my roommate and like see the place. And he's like, okay. So we're walking back from the bar to my apartment. And all of a sudden he just stops and he's like, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, damn it. Like, I just like my heart dropped him. I like, I felt sick. I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. I know exactly what he's going to say. So I, I don't know. I kind of figured that we would maybe talk, but he was having doubts, but instead he was like, I just don't want a relationship right now. Like, I think we should end things. And I was like, I remember like I was kind of tipsy because we had a couple of cocktails. So I just remember saying, you're going to do this now while I'm tipsy. <laughs> like this, the first <laughs> thing that came out of my mouth. And then it's like been a while, but like, I just remember I didn't fight for the relationship. I kind of was just like, okay. I think that's kind of weird. Like we've only been hanging out for a couple hours and he was like, I don't know. Like, I just don't feel the spark. I don't feel the same. And we had an awkward walk back to the train station because we we're going in the same direction. <laughs> and I asked him for a hug. And so, yeah, we, we hugged and then I turned around and immediately started crying. <laughs> yeah. Oh so did he kind of acknowledge at any point that you had just spent all this money and traveled home and that he just dumped you immediately? No, I no, I, I told him, I was like, why didn't you tell me over the phone? Like, I would have preferred it. And he was like, well, you know, my ex broke up with me over the phone. So I didn't want to do the same thing to you. But I, I'm the type of person who I want to know what's going on right away. So like, I would have preferred same. it. Same. And also his ex like didn't have to like travel during a pandemic. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't know. And he like, I'm an expat, you know, like I'm mm. essentially alone in the country. Like it was just, Yeah. That was kind of a shitty thing to do. Exactly. And which kind of leads on to our next question that dealing with a breakup is tough anyway, but you're sort of adding in having just traveled across the world, being in a country where your family aren't, all of these sort of extra factors. It must have been so overwhelming. So how did that all impact you? Before going back to Spain, in the back of my head, I was like, okay, like, if you guys break up, it's going to be a really lonely summer. Like, can you handle it? And a part of me was like, I don't know if I can. So when I got here, and that ended up being my reality, I just like, ugh, I spent so I didn't I wasn't working, because I'm a teacher. So I had the summers off. So I wasn't working. I had only established friendships here for uh, like four months. I didn't have like year long friendships. So like I had friends, but it was, it was a little different. Then my dad was back home in LA. Like there was a pandemic. No one was taking it serious in America. My dog was sick. So all of that, plus the breakup, I was like really depressed. I cried like every day for like three or four months, not even just about the breakup, but just being overwhelmed. We got a lot of late night, like just breakdowns and, um, yeah, I had a lot of really bad anxiety about it. Um, it was it was really difficult. I don't think I've ever felt so like lonely and overwhelmed as during that summer. And is there any lessons that you learned from that experience that you've taken away? 
Um, so one of the things that I was able to like accomplish during that summer when I was really just alone, had no, like had a bunch of time, I was able to like establish a freelance writing career. So, which is really my dream job. So it just kind of taught me that at my lowest, like I'm able to still be resilient, even if I'm really depressed or suffering from anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, It also taught me that maybe because the expat lifestyle is incredibly lonely, I feel. And it kind of just prepared me for potential moves to other cities where I don't know anybody and Mm -hmm. that might be just as lonely. So it made me realize that I'm able to like, get through it and also it taught me to be a better communicator like I regret not expressing myself to my ex when he broke up with me and so it taught me to be a better communicator and also it taught me not to lash out when I'm feeling sad so I feel like Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from that experience yeah even if it was difficult yeah, that does sound a lot. It's it's really interesting, actually, you bring up the freelance writing, because I remember last season, we did an episode about just being single during the pandemic. And everyone we talked to just talked about how much like their creative projects were flourishing being single. And Ali and I, we've talked about that a bit as well. And it's kind of funny. I'm like, are is men the problem? Is that why women don't like <laughs> Quite possibly. I know. I always make jokes. I'm like, yeah, if not for him, like I would have had a freelance career even earlier. Like <laughs> breaking up with him was the best thing for my career. But I don't know. I just think like when you're lonely and you have nothing else, you kind of just turn to something maybe from your childhood that you were mm-hmm. able to rely on. And for me, it was always writing. Mm-hmm. It helped. Yeah. It definitely helped. I usually write when I'm going through like traumatic stuff. So like it's a pattern, but you know, mm-hmm. it's a helpful pattern. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It helps you like make sense of things, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things we just wanted to ask you a bit more generally, obviously being an expat, you've sort of talked a bit about some of the the challenges of breaking up as an expat but generally like what's your take on how living far from friends and family and traveling around fairly frequently how much can that impact dating and relationships what's been your experience I have a like I've been thinking about this like all summer I have this (laughs) very existential like feeling about it like I don't know I just feel like there's I I feel like I'm never gonna find anybody who can match my lifestyle And it kind of scares me. It makes me feel like I'm going to be lonely forever because um, I don't know. People don't want to move. Like it's hard to, how how can you meet somebody and then be like, Hey, I'm like moving to China. Like, let's go. Like, it's just, I feel like it's so much to ask of somebody at the same time. I, I always like kind of think about or daydream about finding like a local and like shacking up with them. But in the other side, I'm always like, yeah, but I want to like, I want to travel for projects and I want to see the world. So it's like, I just don't know. I feel like someone's going to have to budge. They're going to have to want to travel with me or I'm going to have to set aside maybe my, my dreams to like sustain the relationship. Like it's such a difficult thing. And I don't know. I actually have a date after this with an, with an expat. So I'm like, maybe I'll try going for expats instead of um, locals because so far that's a little difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. All of those things you've described, we have been grappling with for years and talked about a lot on this podcast. I I need, yeah. Does it get better? Because I'm like really nervous about dating. It seems so difficult. I don't know that it gets 
better. I think I just like know more what I'm looking for and what I want in a relationship and what my expectations are. So I'm just like able to say that really early on. So I feel like I just waste less time like dating someone for months and months and then them being like, oh yeah, no, I'm not going to move anywhere. I'm just very upfront with what my lifestyle is. I'm quite happy if they want to stay somewhere that I'll be like, great, see you in six months. Like I'm quite happy mm-hmm. for that. A lot of people aren't. Yeah. But yeah. Just the more you know about yourself, the more you can just be upfront about that. And then, I mean, fingers crossed, find someone that also wants that. Because I like the, the long distance that I did with my ex, I was hoping that I would, okay. It seemed like we had overcome it. And it seemed like when I returned, we were going to maybe just have some awkward tension and then talk through it. So I was like, oh, cool. Like I found a guy who like can handle me being away for a t- uh, like a certain amount of time, but no, unfortunately not. <laughs> so, but I'm hoping someday I can find someone who's like down to do like temporary long distance mm-hmm. in case I want to like go away for a project or something. Yeah. I mean, it definitely exists. We have a few friends that I can think of just off the top of my head that have that, that have like a shackle down with a local, but they still travel maybe half the year or three to six months a year, or like even where they're both a bit transient and will send chunks of time apart so it's definitely out there mm-hmm. yeah we still have hope yeah. a <laughs> yeah. little bit <laughs> I, like, I had a uh, phone call with someone the other day just talking about some writing stuff and he said oh you know the thing you want to do it's not impossible but like it's next to impossible <laughs> oh my god and maybe that's, <laughs> that's how <number> dating is. <laughs> yeah that just closes yeah, that your dating gap like yeah uh. <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's scary. Cause I don't know. I don't like being alone. I had a partner for eight years. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I'm used to. And then um, after we broke up, I, I left to Spain. So I don't know. It's been a struggle, but I'm excited. It's kind of exciting to see what's going to happen in the future, but mm-hmm. for now, just kind of going to have fun and see what happens. Yeah. I think that's all you can do really, especially in a pandemic. It's just hard to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, now I feel bad that I said I, I'm going on a date, but <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, we've been on them too. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll have to update us on what happens. Maybe we can do a little extra snippet in the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been lovely. Yes, thank you. I've been wanting to talk about this story for like a while, actually. So thank you for, for having me on. We introduced her earlier and now she's here. Robin, welcome to Dating Abroad. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're so happy to have you here. So um, as we said earlier, this episode is all about breakups. Um, But before we get onto that, let's talk a bit about about the relationship before the breakup. Um, So can you tell us a bit about your last relationship and how you met? traveling in Morocco last year. And I, for the past two years, I've been on a mission of modeling and photo shoots in countries all over the world. And when I went to Morocco, I was like, I have to do a photo shoot here because it's just so such a cool country and the style and just everything, the mosques and the tiles. And I was like, I want to do that. And so I was looking at places where to go. And I came upon Shafshawan, which is a pretty popular touristy area, which I didn't realize at the time, but I was like, oh, it's blue. It's pretty. That looks cool. 
<laughs> and I, at the time I was, I would either find photographers like word of mouth or through um, Airbnb experience. And so I got on Airbnb experience and I saw this one profile and I, I really liked the way the guy like described the whole experience. And he, part of his package was renting a traditional gown to wear. And so I was like, oh, sign me up. I want to wear traditional Moroccan clothing. That's cool. When I got there, I met him and it was like the moment I saw him, I just knew I was like, I feel like I've met this person before. It's like, I was just like his smile and everything. It just totally lit me up. And I was just like, felt like an instant connection. And I'm like, that's weird. Cause I haven't really had that very much in my life. And we did the photo shoot. It was super fun. Spent the whole day together. And then afterwards um, we went and got tea and tea turned into juice and juice turned into let's go watch the sunset. <laughs> and we just talked all day and spent the entire day together. And then the next day I went on a hike and I kept thinking about this guy and I'm like, you know, I really thought we had a connection. I don't know why he hasn't reached out to me. And then when I got back that night, I checked and I had a message from him and he was like, Hey, do you want to go spend the day together tomorrow? I'll take you to the white city and which was his hometown. And so we went the following day and we spent the entire day together and it was, it was so magical. And it was like, we, he took me to this like private place on the beach along the rocks and we had our first kiss there. And it was just like, even that I was like, okay, we definitely have chemistry. And it just continued. It was like, we spent the entire day together. I think we were together until 2am and I didn't tell my Airbnb host and I got back and I'm like in Morocco by myself, a female traveling. And my Airbnb host was like waiting up for me. And he was like, Robin, where were you? Oh, that's so sweet. And he gave me a big hug when I walked in and I was like, oh, I was just out with a friend. Cause I didn't want to tell him that I was out with a guy. Cause it's like, um, a Muslim country and it's very, very different there. Like you don't show PDA in public and which hence why you have to find private places to be together and can't check into hotel rooms together. And it's like all this stuff I didn't even know existed. Mm. And I went to go meet a friend in Tangier and spent some time with, and then he came up and we had a little getaway in the mountains and it was just like, it was amazing. So great. And it was fast too. It was like all super fast. And we had the whole moment where I was leaving and we were crying at the train station. It was like, I don't want to leave you. And it was like all of that. And so I I left on a cruise back to, or a a ferry back to Spain after that. And, and we stayed in touch and then we kind of started long distance dating and Mm -hmm. for several months. And I went to back to Morocco and Tunisia for New Year's. So that's kind of how it all transpired. <laughs> wow, what a whirlwind. Right? Yeah. So you you flew out there for New Year's and that's when you decided to end things and to break and that you were not a good match. So how did you know that it was time to end things and what was it like dealing with that on the road or when you did it when you got back home? Yeah, I, I, I remember even being in New Zealand Um, when we were all there and there was like Mm -hmm. a little just our communication was off and and I just kept asking myself questions like okay does it really make sense to be dating someone who lives 
in this like halfway around the world and I'm constantly traveling all over but then at the same time I was like oh we have such chemistry and the way that we met was just so magical and so I thought you know I'll, I'll give it I'll, I'll continue to give it another chance and try I bought a plane ticket and went I got there like on we met in Tunisia on New Year's Eve there was something missing at a deeper level okay. and but my brain didn't want to believe it because I was like no he's such a great guy and what mm-hmm. if you know what if I'm throwing away this relationship and and so I just things were kind of off a little bit it was great when we first got together but then as time went on we were together two weeks and it was just not I don't know it was just I was seeing signs that it wasn't necessarily meant to be and I just knew at the airport when I was leaving I was like in tears and saying Mm -hmm. goodbye and I I knew I was like this is it this is probably the last time I'll Mm -hmm. I'll see him and it wasn't until I got back to the state I I called him and ended the relationship It's so often the case, isn't it, that your intuition knows, but you just don't want to admit it to yourself. It's (laughs) such a hard thing to admit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it kind of seems through this relationship that you've experienced a lot of sort of the amazing side of dating as a nomad and the challenges all in a very short time. So when it came to the breakup, what would you say are some of the challenges of breaking up in a scenario like this compared to sort of a non-nomadic breakup yeah it was I mean it's never easy it's something I would have much preferred to do in person and we were on video and so it was it was hard and I'd say it was like breaking up with a puppy dog (laughs) because he really was like a super sweet man and I found out after the fact that he was like talking to a jeweler to buy a ring for me and I'm like whoa I don't think I was quite ready for that (laughs) yeah um but then my ego was like what no what are you doing and and it was yeah it was not it was not easy and he took it better than I thought he would but then a week later we connected again and had a conversation and then he blocked me Mm -hmm. he blocked me on all social channels on whatsapp and I was like wow you have to really want someone out of your life if if you're gonna block them on whatsapp (laughs) optimal no contact right and of course I didn't want to accept it because I like to control things and I want I still I just have the mentality that's like we can still be friends Mm -hmm. and I'm definitely that person where I'm friends with my exes and so I thought the same would be with this and uh, yeah, it was, it was difficult to accept that in the moment. And I didn't allow myself to accept it. I had to, <laughs> I went and tracked him down two uh, months later. But. Oh, wait, let's hear this story. <laughs> I was like, really like, oh, it was so hard afterwards. And I had a meltdown and I was like, what am I doing? What did I, why did I break up with him? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he is the person that I'm meant to be with. And so I I ended up writing a letter and I found him on Instagram with an account that I have another account that I have that he didn't know that I had. (laughs) Classic. Classic. Yeah. Like you think you're so smart blocking me. Um, And I wrote him a letter 
and I ended up recording the letter like reading it and so I sent him like a picture of the letter and I sent him an audio of the letter (laughs) wow like he had to read this and I was like pouring my heart out to him and like why did why did you block me and blah 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 and then the next day he read the message and he was like hey so good to hear from you do you want to talk and I'm like what what this is like you block me and then now you're like hey let's talk and so so we reconnected and and we were kind of friends over the past six months I guess and I continued to it's like looking back I'm like why did I even allow myself to pour my heart into him like that but it's like I was holding on to him for some reason and kept going back and and it was just clear. It was so clear all along that it's just, mm-hmm. we weren't meant to be. We weren't aligned. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if you find like, oh, sorry. You go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, I don't know if you find like I've had situations as a nomad where I meet someone and everything about it is just very romantic. Like we'll be on a Greek island. We'll be like, we'll just be somewhere lovely. So all the emotions are just heightened because it's, yeah. it's what you th- think of your typical travel romance, but because we're nomads and we're not really going back home, it doesn't have the same end as like the typical travel romance might have. Um, mm. Do you think maybe that that impacted it at all that you just had such this romantic time, but even so just, you didn't notice at the time you didn't have the connection? Yeah, absolutely. Because it was like, yeah, I was in the moment and there's something about in the moment and then being in a country where it's illegal, it's like even more exciting. <laughs> so right. yeah, it was just like, I don't know, it was all of that for sure. And I think we definitely did have that. We, I mean, we definitely had chemistry and had that connection. It's just, it was missing on a deeper level, which is what I'm, I want. And I I have heard people saying that about lockdown relationships as well, that they connected to someone really strongly early on. And then a few months in, they realized that like, other than lockdown, they didn't have anything in common, but it was just like this heightened situations where all the emotions were heightened. So our next question is kind of how did you, I mean, okay, so we know a bit about how you managed the post-breakup recovery. (laughs) Not well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but when when you're a nomad I guess you don't have the same support networks in place in terms of that you're not often in the same place as as all of your friends Um, so kind of how did you manage that self-care when you could have been in an isolated place when you couldn't even break up face to face yeah I I'm I'm very, I consider myself very lucky because I have such a strong support system in my life and mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by I have really good friends who no matter where I am in the world, we connect and support each other and coach. I have, I'm in the coaching world too. So I have coaches who are supporting me, but it was kind of a beautiful storm between the breakup and the pandemic mm-hmm. because it allowed me to show up for myself in ways that I've never done before. And so I really took took this whole experience and focused on myself and my relationship to myself. And I realized that when I broke up with him and it's like, it cracked my heart open and I was so devastated in a way. And now I look back and I can see it's like a lot of the morning was I was craving that connection with myself. And I had been kind of depriving myself of that. 
And so I've just, meditation has been huge and journaling and dance. I'm really into movement and yoga. And so it's just been tuning into my body and listening to my body this year. That's allowed me to heal. Hmm, That's awesome. And that kind of ties into our final question um, about sort of lessons that you've learned from this experience. I I know it gets annoying, doesn't it? That every dating experience has to be a lesson learned (laughs) rather than (laughs) the right person. But um, like, hopefully there won't be any other future breakups, but (laughs) but yeah, how, how would you apply some of the lessons that you've learned to your future dating life? Yeah. I mean, the biggest lesson is trust your intuition. So it's trusting that. And then also just my principle of like, I I now say I'm like, I'm no longer available for, and I think that's a super strong practice to identify the things you're no longer available for. And so one of mine is I'm no longer available for chasing men. Mm -hmm. Like I am not going to be the one to go and chase you. And so that was, that's been a huge insight for me and learning lesson. And also just, I think trust, just continuing to trust that if this isn't the relationship, then it doesn't mean one, it doesn't mean the other person is a bad person. And two, it doesn't mean that this is the end all. It's like, no, we all just because this one didn't work out. It just means that there's someone better suited for us out there. Because, yeah, so often it's like, I feel like especially in higher stress situations, when a relationship ends, it's so easy to just be like, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with them. I'll never Mm -hmm. find anyone again. So I love just, yeah, allowing that space for it to be like, no, we just weren't the right match. Yeah. And it's easy to want to crawl back to that because you think Mm -hmm. that nobody else is going to come along. So it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I might as well. We have good chemistry, so we might as well just settle for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your experiences. Yay. Thank you for having me. Well, that was lovely and uplifting. (laughs) Yeah, I love a good breakup story or two. (laughs) I just love the drama of it. I always want to know all the details. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. And it does make you feel better about your own breakup stories sometimes doesn't it to know that we're not the only ones who have been through this hell it does um and I liked when Robin was talking about how like sometimes just meeting in a romantic situation can just like escalate the relationship really quickly that definitely has happened to me and I talked about the time someone flew to another continent for me and then I dumped them um was was one of those times so I definitely relate oh my god me too this happened to me well yeah probably about a year ago now met this guy in a far-flung country which I won't name and um <laughs> the please respect the country's privacy yeah had this like whirlwind romantic experience but didn't really learn that much about each other mm. and then I was chatting to a friend afterwards and I was like oh my god like I think I'm gonna marry this guy <laughs> even though I'd only known him for about five days and, yeah. and my friend was like she just asked me some ba- very basic questions about him and I literally had the answers to none of them and then I was like <laughs> oh maybe I've got a bit carried away here maybe we'll get engaged first and then get to know each other 
yeah but it is so easy isn't it to get carried away when you're in such a sort of romantic extreme Mm -hmm. situation yeah a hundred percent and like on the flip side of that I also very much identified with Jessica talking about the need to just like go fly there even though like it would have I agree like I also would have rather heard it over the phone before I flew there um but like I definitely get that desire to like need to confront them and how powerless it can feel when you're not in the same place when you need to have those hard conversations yeah definitely um and I I thought it was interesting what they were both saying about how they sort of managed to recover from the breakups in this under these unusual circumstances even more unusual because of the pandemic not Mm -hmm. just because of being on the road and yeah I just I think it's it's so hard at the moment as well getting over a breakup because everyone is kind of a little bit depressed right now this Mm -hmm. year and so it's kind of almost harder for people to support each other through things like that because everyone's going through their own things. Mm. I thought they both seemed to to handle that situation really well. Yeah, I think so too. And like, I wonder if in some ways like it was easier because everyone's just a little depressed, but like then at least everyone's depressed with you. <laughs> yeah, true. Really- and maybe the breakup grief briefly masked some of the pandemic grief. I don't know. Mm, yeah, maybe it's actually a good time to have a breakup. Maybe. I guess we'll never know because nobody dates us anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. I think we are ready to move on to our next segment, the Scarlet Text. Okay, so I am very excited about my recommendation this week. Um, I actually think I may have recommended another book by this author last season, but I'm not sure. Anyway, it's called Ghosts, so I thought it would be very suitable for this episode. It's by an English journalist slash author called Dolly Alderton, who I love, and who also has a podcast called The High Low, which... I kind of like think of us as being the nomad version of that. Anyway, um, Ghosts, as you might expect, is about a 30-something writer living in London who starts dating a guy. Things get really intense. He says, I love you to her. And then she doesn't hear from him again. Typical ghosting story. But it's, I just, I love the book because she describes what it is like to be a 30-something woman in the dating scene and how men can sometimes behave just, oh my God, just so well. You just find yourself like resonating so hard with like every sentence. I feel like I highlighted like 50% of the book and I was like, oh my God, yes, that's what it feels like. Um, So I won't give any more away, but it is just a brilliant read and it really gets to the bottom of what the horrendous phenomenon of ghosting is like and what it's like to to be dating as a 30-something. 
That sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to read that. I love it when books just like so accurately capture what you think is like this weird, unique thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lovely. Well, next week we'll be talking about turbo dating, relationships that move at lightning speed because you're in lockdown or because you're on the road. If you have a wild dating story about being on the road or being in a pandemic, send us an email to datingabroadnomads at gmail.com. Or if you want to set one of us up on a virtual date and like, seriously, guys, this has not happened yet. Get it together. We are so up for it. We're really up for it. Uh, We'll include clips of it for our patrons. We might even include a clip of it on the main podcast because we just want someone to do it. Nobody's done it yet. Yeah, I mean, that could be a whole episode if we both got a virtual date. Right. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yes, you can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash dating abroad, where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments. Benefits start from only $1 a month and range from bonus content to racy to air to monthly soirees and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. We now have seven amazing patrons. Woohoo! And as has become tradition, here is a limerick about them. There once was a girl from Toronto who became our patron pronto. She was joined by a nomad who is definitely not a bromad. And we'll all be a family like the Sopranos. Then came a girl called Kiwi who listens to our podcast in Germany. She was joined by a Brit with an eco-cleaning kit and a Swede who's a big fan of Bali. Next came a lovely Canuck, who met her beau underground by a truck. In came an unsettled man, the first male of our clan. And the rest will have to wait for our next patron, which could be you or your friend. If you are one of our seven patrons, you could tell them about it. They can be in the limerick with you. (laughs) (laughs) Our awesome theme music is by the sound artist Lee Trung. Visit her website at leetrung.bandcamp.com. Our gorgeous logo is by Samina, who's on Instagram at Samina Scribbles. We are also on Instagram, dating underscore at underscore broad. And you can find us on Facebook, Dating Abroad Nomads. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.